Welcome to the latest Tablet podcast. My name is Ruth Gledhill and I'm Assistant Editor of The Tablet. And with me today is Father Andrew Coy. Father Andrew is Secretary to the Bishop of Northampton. And he's here to talk about the Beckett Festival, which begins today. Now, Andrew, I love relic stories. Mm. Um, and you have a relic of St Thomas Beckett. Yes. Um, so, first of all, could you tell us what the festival is about, what's happening and how long it's on for? Yeah. Um, well, the Beckett, the, the Beckett Festival starts um, today, uh, Friday, the 7th of July, and it lasts really the, throughout this weekend. Um, and, and it's basically a celebration of um, the story of St. Thomas Beckett in Northampton. Um, and it's, it's the first time we've really, we, we've really done this in the diocese, but hopefully it will be the first of you know, many, uh, an annual event uh, that Bishop David is, is very keen um, to, as, as a way of um, encouraging devotion to St. Thomas and, and actually raising awareness of, of why, he, um, why he plays such an important part in the history of, of our town and our diocese. Um, so why is this? Because when we think of um, Beckett, of mm. course, we all think of Canterbury, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Well, Canterbury obviously was the, the site of his of his his martyrdom. Um, but he did have a relationship with Northampton. Um, it's really most famous uh, uh, in, 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 in terms of its relationship with Thomas Beckett as being the site of his trial. Um, it was here in Northampton that, that Beckett was was tried and, and sentenced. Um, it was here that his relationship with the king really reached rock bottom. Um, and, it, and it's from Northampton that he fled into exile. Um, uh, and, and so it's, you know, these, are, these aren't the greatest moments in, in Beckett's life. It, it's quite a sad story, really. But, but he had a relationship with Northampton really um, before that. Um, and, and in the 12th century, Northampton was certainly one of the largest towns in England. Um, and, and sadly, you don't really get much of a sense of that if you visit Northampton today, because most of it burnt down in, in, in the Great Fire of Northampton <clears throat> um, in, in 1675. So there's very little left of, of the Northampton that Beckett would have known. Um, but we, we know that he visited um, quite often. Um, the kings of England would often come to Northampton uh, to the castle, um, which is where the, the, the railway station is today. And, and he would meet with his, 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 his nobles um, and his bishops um, in the castle to attend to affairs of state. Um, and, and Henry II was no exception to this. Um, so he frequently visited Northampton with Thomas Beckett. Um, and, and we know that as well as, you know, attending to affairs of state, um, Beckett being chancellor and then Archbishop of Canterbury, um, the two the two were great friends, and they used to hunt together in the deer forests uh, that surrounded Northampton. And and the people of Northampton had a great love for for Beckett. Um, they really saw him as one of their own. Um, and we hear that when he used to come and visit Northampton, uh, great crowds used to gather at the city gates um, to, to to welcome him. So you know he had a, a I think a, probably a, a fondness for Northampton as as a place to come. Um, uh, and, and meet uh, and help the, the king in, in the governance of the realm. And what's happened there that um, led to the breakdown of relations that had such a tragic outcome? Well, Beckett and, and the king really began to fall out over, over 
the the rights of the church um the king was trying to to uh you know extend his influence over, over the church um and becket was was very keen to defend the rights of of clerics um uh, and the church and um we know that you know he he was very keen to to consult with with the pope at the time alexander the 3rd and this you know this was one of the many things which enraged um the king and and he forbid um becket from travelling to go and visit the pope um so their their relationship really began to deteriorate and um um the king summoned becket to northampton um in october 1163 so their relationship was really very strained at this point um but it hadn't broken down completely and uh, the king and the archbishop met outside the city walls um and they spoke for for over an hour um but they weren't really getting anywhere and the king finally lost his temper and rode off um and tradition has it that at this point becket just sat there really outside the city and and drank from from a well um and that well is is still there you can still visit that today it's called becket's well um near becket's park um and and it, it this really came to a head um the, the following year um in 1164 becket was again summoned to to northampton um the king convened a council at northampton castle and becket arrived um on on the 6th of october 1164 um and and he normally stayed at at northampton castle um but he he found that the rooms he normally occupied were taken up by the king's men um and this was a real problem for him because it wasn't just becket that needed to be housed it was also his his considerable retinue of of monks and and chaplains uh and his military escort so um he was essentially homeless and did what anyone would do in that situation and went to the nearest monastery um which is st andrew's priory and st andrew's priory plays a very important um role in 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 the story of Thomas Becket in Northampton and also in the story of our own diocese um because our cathedral in Northampton is built on uh land that would have been part of uh, St Andrew's priory so becket arrives in northampton and he goes to st andrew's priory for the duration of his stay um and he's summoned to the castle uh and he he's put to trial basically he's he's accused of all sorts of things um embezzlement perjury treason um and he stands his ground um and it, it's a very challenging moment for becket in his life because he's his followers really just begin to abandon him um his retinue leave and there he's left with a handful of of assistants um and and the bishops come to visit becket um in in the chap in the lady chapel of st andrew's priory and they plead with him to submit to the king so he's under a huge amount of pressure here to to submit to the king um but he this is really where he he stands his ground um and we know on the morning of his trial um he he stops on a church uh, on the way to the, to the castle um either the church of st peter or the church of the holy sepulcher we don't know exactly which but he celebrates a votive mass to st stephen um quite unusual in in the sense that you know the feast of st stephen is is on the 26th of december um but he celebrates a votive mass for st stephen and and the introit to that mass is is you know the words from psalm 119 princes did sit and speak against me So I think there's almost the sense of he's you know he's aware that he's you know there's a possibility of of martyrdom coming up. Um 
and, and he makes his way to the castle. Um, and, you know, again, the bishops come and come outside the castle and meet with him. And, and by this point, we're told some of them are in tears, pleading with Becket to submit to the king. Um, but he insists upon his innocence. Um, uh, and when the sentence is read, um, we don't know what the sentence was. None of the sources record it. But um, most probably it was life imprisonment. But as the sentence was being was being pronounced, Beckett stood up and, and interrupted. And he said, you know, I, I will not hear of any sentence being passed on me today because I've already made an appeal to Rome. And at that point, he, he just turns and, and walks out. Um, he gets onto his horse and, and leaves the castle and comes back to to the priory. But, um, you know, in, in the midst of all this, this bravery and this steadfastness, I think it's it's clear that Beckett was was worried, you know, that he feared for his life in a sense. And we know that on his last night in Northampton, um, he asks the monks to to prepare a bed for him by the high altar in, in the priory church. Um, so, he, you know, he seems to be seeking sanctuary, really, um, because it's very unlikely that someone would have, you know, crept in during the night and murdered him in his sleep if he was if he was in the, the, the church in the sanctuary. Um, you know, a sad irony there, of course, because he 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 lost his life, yes, in in, in the in the sanctuary of his own cathedral. But um, the following morning, you know, before dawn on on the fourteenth of October, eleven sixty four, he 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 flees uh, Northampton. He dresses as a lay brother. Um, we're told under the cover of, of heavy rain to disguise the sound of the 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 hooves, um, and and he flees to France, and and there he he does finally manage to meet with the Pope. And as we know, he stays in France for, for six years, comes back in December 1170. And, and as we know, he, he's martyred on the 29th day of that month. Um, and um, Do you think he thought he would be safe coming back after all that time? Uh, it's difficult to say, really. Um, I think he, he's, he was aware that, you know, he was incredibly unpopular with with the king and and the king's supporters. Um, Do you think the king really did want him dead, though, or, or was that a misinterpretation of those famous words he uh, said? Well, <laughs> I think it would be difficult to to comment, you know, decisively on that. I think you know the king's famously uh, quoted as having said, "Who will rid me of this this troublesome priest or you know this meddlesome priest?" Uh, you know, I think a lot of people. Uh, have come to the realization that he probably didn't say that, but he certainly expressed real anger that you know uh, St Thomas Becket, who was this 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 sort of lowly of of lowly origin, um, had risen through the ranks really because the king had supported him and you know uh, yeah. patronized him, and and I think the king certainly felt that Becket was being very ungrateful. Um, so I think he was filled with resentment. Whether or not he actually wanted him dead is difficult to say. We know that after the death, he did come to Canterbury and performed a, a public penance. Um, but um, we, we, we know from, from people who were there, um, uh, monks who were there, uh, Edward Grimm being one of them, a monk from Cambridge who was visiting Canterbury that day and, and saw the martyrdom, that, that Beckett was, was very calm and, and um, you know, he didn't want to... To, to bar the doors of his cathedral um, and, and he seems to have accepted martyrdom in, in a spirit of peace really um, but but he was he was then buried with with some haste I think you know he, he, he was martyred in the evening of, of the 29th of December and he was buried the next day 
um, I think partly because the monks were worried that his, his body would be stolen, but also because this was such a gruesome murder. You know, we, we, we hear that, that the blow from the sword was so aggressive that his skull was split open, that there was blood and brains over the, over the pavement, and that one of the knights, um, or one of his murderers, um, stood on his neck and, and sort of kicked the skull to, to spread the, the, the brains and the blood everywhere. Um, so it's, it's hardly surprising that the monks should have wanted to, to bury him as soon as possible. But one of the, you know, the side effects of that is that, it, you know, he, he wasn't given a very large shrine. He was buried in the crypt of the cathedral and um, his, his, his cult grew with, with such alacrity. You know, it spread throughout Europe and, and so many people came on pilgrimage to the cathedral to, to, to pray and to venerate the relics of St. Thomas. Um, and so very shortly after um, uh, his canonization, there was a plan to, to move, to translate the relics to a new bigger shrine. Um, and that was very much the work of, of the Archbishop of Canterbury at the time, Stephen Langton, who yes. was perhaps more famous for, for drafting the Magna Carta. But that's where the story really begins for us here in Northampton, because it's, that's, that's the feast that we're celebrating today. The relics were eventually translated to their new bigger shrine, um, in the, the Trinity Chapel at Canterbury on the 7th of July, 1220. Right. So just before we get to what then happened mm. and, and how you now have a relic, which is part of his skull, um, I believe, Yes. with you, um, were there any miracles associated with his shrine at all? There were many, many miracles. Um, and uh, a lot of them, if you go and visit Canterbury today, you'll see a lot of them in, in stained glass. Um, but there were certainly many miracles associated with 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 Beckett, and and his shrine became a a centre for healing, really. Um, yeah. Um, and um, so, what then happened? So the, the relics were translated. They ended up in the mm. main, in a new shrine in the main body of the cathedral at Canterbury. And um, what they 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 then journey then um, over the centuries. Um, is is documented mainly um the the relics of st thomas becket are, are sort of enshrined in mystery really we we don't know well there's there's so much we don't know um so they would have they would have been um taken out of uh, the tomb in the crypt um and and we know that um some smaller bones were were kept at that point um so some of the smaller bones were taken out of um uh, beckett's coffin and, and kept as as relics um and, and they were they were given as presents to visiting dignitaries um quite recently there was uh, a relic of st thomas beckett which came from hungary and, and visited the uk um a piece of elbow bone um which is is still today in hungary um, but the story is that two cardinals were present, Hungarian cardinals, um, were present at the translation of the relics. And they, they were given this this relic to take back to Hungary. Um, so it's certainly possible that if there are relics of St. Thomas Becket, um, you know, out there, then they may have been these relics that were taken out of the tomb at the time of the translation. Um, but the shrine was destroyed um, <clears throat> during the Reformation, um, as were so many shrines throughout the country 
But I think King Henry VIII had a particular desire to stamp out devotion to St. Thomas Becket because, of course, he represented, you know, the church against the state. Yes. Um, the, particularly, the, you know, the Roman church uh, against the King of England. So, so Henry VIII was very keen to, to destroy the shrine. And what happened to the relics, um, we don't know. Um, that there's certainly the possibility that the monks would have hidden the relics um, and, and sort of created a decoy um, uh, shrine, really. Um, a very curious collection of bones was discovered in Canterbury Cathedral in 1888, um, buried in quite a shallow grave. And it's we're not really sure what what they are, but it's certainly possible that the monks created this this decoy um, grave uh, to, to fool the king's commissioners. Um, but but as to what happened to the relics, we currently, hopefully one day we will know, but we can't really say too much at the moment. It, it, it is a mystery. So where do you think your yours came from? The relic that we have, um, sadly, we don't know a huge amount about it. Um, we believe it's, 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 it's a piece of, of Beckett's skull. Um, and it was given to us by, by Monsignor Talbot, who was a very influential English churchman in the 19th century. Um, he, he eventually became the, the secretary to Pope Pius IX. Um, but he was given this relic by the Bishop of Veroli, um, uh, Mariano Venturi. And uh, the Bishop of Veroli um, gave this relic to, to Northampton Cathedral in uh, 1852, so only two years after the Diocese of Northampton was founded. Um, and and it, it comes, it's come, you know, I have the letter here in front of me from, from the Bishop of Veroli, um, and, and he describes it as being a relic of the glorious Bishop and Martyr, St. Thomas of Canterbury, uh, and obviously felt that, that because of uh, the Northampton connection, it would be fitting to, to, give, to give the relic to Northampton. Where where he got it from, we don't know really. Um, Veroli is 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 a town in Lazio, um, and not too far from Anagni. Um, and, and when I visited Anagni, I was very surprised to to find, um, I think it was a mitre uh, and possibly some other objects associated with St Thomas Becket. And there's there's an oratory there. There's a a chapel with with frescoes depicting the life of St Thomas Becket. Um, which which dates to you know the years after his his death and his canonization, so it's possible that this relic was you know part of a collection of relics in in you know places like uh, Ananyi, um where there was a devotion to St Thomas, um, but sadly we, we we don't know the full story, um, but the relic will be will be displayed um, in in the cathedral over the course of the weekend. Um, and so just to um, go back a second, to jump back mm. to when St. Thomas was alive, mm. um, Northampton, was, then, was that then part of the Canterbury province? Um, no, uh, Northampton, I think, would have been in the Diocese of Lincoln. Um, I, I see. Of course it would. Yes, um, I see. But it was it was a convenient place to meet because it was, well, is in the centre of England, really. Um, so it, Northampton did become a bit of a meeting place. We know that the, the general chapters of the Benedictine order um, were often held here in the medieval period um, in, in St. Andrew's Priory. 
so it was quite a convenient place to to gather right right so um back to the relic then mm. the um this letter that you have is that considered then um something that authenticates this relic as being very likely to be St. well Thomas? relics normally come with with certification yes um so so there's 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 you know you, you can never be a hundred percent certain um but but it certainly seems to be a, a genuine relic yeah it's absolutely a fascinating story and and it would be so interesting to know wouldn't it precisely what mm. its journey was mm. um but um um, it, I mean, it sounds plausible to me, but then uh, I've always loved relic stories and I'm, I'm inclined to believe yeah. them where possible. Yeah. Um, so what happens this weekend then with, uh, with the festival and around the relic? Well, the festival really was that Bishop David sort of was very keen on this, this festival because we've, we've experienced in this diocese something which... Um, was very much the experience in, in medieval England, and that is the feast of St Thomas Becket, uh, the 29th of December, is is quite a difficult time of year to really give give it um, what it deserves. Um, you know, we're in the middle of Christmas time, we're in the middle of winter, um, and in medieval England, that was that was really not conducive to to, to pilgrimage to travel, um, and and so the feast of St Thomas seems to get lost you know in, in the christmas festivities a lot of people are away on holiday um these days so um in 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 in, in medieval england the, the feast of the translation actually became a much bigger feast than the 29th of december um the the feast began on the 7th of july and, and it there was a sort of a fortnight of, of festivities really and this became the the center point of devotion to saint thomas um, and we sort of found that in, in our own diocese that it's quite difficult to celebrate um, the Feast of St. Thomas because because of that time of year. So um, it, it, it begins uh, today on the, the Friday the 7th. And um, we're very blessed that uh, the papal nuncio, um, Archbishop Miguel Mauri Buendia, is, is coming up to to celebrate that mass um, with with the relic present. Um, and after that mass, um, there's going to be the blessing and the opening of, of the St. Thomas Centre, which is our new cathedral centre. Um, it was finished during uh, during the pandemic. So we, we, we didn't really, uh, we weren't really able to use it for much. Um, started a food bank um, during the pandemic, but otherwise it's been a very sort of piecemeal uh, opening up uh, and using of the centre. But we thought this would be a good idea to, a good opportunity to, to, to officially open and bless um, the St. Thomas Centre. Right. And you have the relic permanently, do you? Or is it just on loan for the festival? No, we, 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 we have it. Um, it was kept, well, it's, it's normally kept in the sacristy at the cathedral, um, which is, you know, the original church built to St Andrew. Um, uh, and, and then the cathedral was built afterwards. Um, so the relic is normally kept in the sacristy, but um, th there's certainly the possibility that it might be able to, to be installed in the cathedral in a more permanent way. Um, for, for people to venerate. Absolutely fascinating. And um, I think it's, it, it could well become then an annual event, this festival that you're having. That's, that's the idea, yeah. The, 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 hopefully this will be the first of, uh, of many, you know, as, as an annual celebration. Um, and what will you be doing besides an act of worship? 
so um, we have the mass and the opening of, of the St. Thomas Centre. And then um, on, on the Saturday, there's an ecumenical um, pilgrimage, a sort of a walking tour of, of the key sites associated with St. Thomas Becket. Um, so we begin at the cathedral, um, again, which is you know built on the site of St. Andrew's Priory. And then we go to Holy Sepulchre Church, um, which is a church Beckett would have been very familiar with. It was built in about 1100, so um, shortly before his birth. It's a Norman uh, round church. It's one of only four, I think, round crusader churches in the country. Um, And then we move from um, Holy Sepulchre Church um, to Beckett's Well, um, which is just outside Beckett's Park. Um, and then we visit uh, the only thing left, really, of, of the castle, which is the postern gate. It's a small gatehouse. Um, and then we finish at uh, St. Peter's Church, again, another Norman church, um, which would have been uh, tied very closely to, to the life of the castle. Um, and it's quite possible that it was in this church that, that Beckett celebrated Mass. Um, there's a tradition that he preached in the church as well. Um so there'll be that, that sort of ecumenical walking tour of Northampton, um, followed by an ecumenical service at the cathedral. Um, and then on the Sunday, um, Dr. Judith Champ will be giving a lecture in the St. Thomas Centre uh, entitled The Complicated Saint, Thomas Beckett and English Catholics. Um, and so we we're very fortunate to have Dr. Champ there um, telling us a little bit more about the life of St. Thomas Beckett and his relevance to us today. Uh, and after that, we will the, we'll sing Vespers um, with, with solemn benediction um, in, in the cathedral. So it's a sort of we- weekend of, of festivities. And there are other things, there are sort of family events as well. There's a hog roast, um, there's bingo, um, uh, the family quiz um, throughout that weekend as well. So, um, and, and we're also getting the schools involved. Um, Thomas Beckett School in Northampton, for example, are getting involved. So hopefully it'll be a way of, of, of bringing the diocese together, really. Well, it sounds absolutely wonderful. And um, thank you very much for your time. Not and at all. I, I, and if anyone wants to go to the festival, what should they do? Um, well, they're, they're more than welcome to attend the Mass on on, uh, on the Friday at 11am. Um, but there are also more details there on, on the website, Um with with times and, and locations, but they'd be very welcome to, to, and just remi- to join. Just remind us of the website address. Um, it's it's uh, the Northampton Cathedral website. I think it's northamptoncathedral.org. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. Thank you. Well, thank you, Father Andrew. I'm really grateful for your time. It's an absolutely fascinating story. It is. And I hope we'll talk again um, and develop it further as things move on. And congratulations mm. on setting up this festival and, and you're incredibly well informed about the <laughs> history so of kind. it. Mm. So it's been so interesting talking to you. Thank oh, you very much for it's your been time. A pleasure. Thank you very much, Ruth. Okay. Thank Speak you. soon. Speak soon. Okay. Have a great festival. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. <laughs>